0: Welcome back to Are You A Fan, where we explore individual characters from your favorite sci-fi, action, and fantasy genres. A big thank you to Moonbound Productions for supporting today's episode. If you would like to express your support, please like and share the show. Here's your hosts, Dick Rail and Joker. Hello, folks. Uh, Welcome to Are You A Fan by Moonbound Productions. Uh, If you like the episode and you like any of our stuff, give us a like, follow, and maybe comment down below. So, this week, Joker... For you and the audience, question. If you could get powers from any animal on the earth, but it has to bite you, which animal would you pick?
1: Um, you know, I think a fun one would be a alligator or a crocodile, being able to, you know, get that, that extra skin and just imagine if you still have the jaw power, just biting someone and doing a death roll.
0: (laughs) Dang, that, I, I, I'd have fun with that. Dang, that, that's actually a pretty cool, fun answer. Ooh, I don't know. Maybe octopus for the for the regeneration power. <laughs> hey, kind of like when I was talking about being
1: an octopus or that being my favorite sea animal. <laughs> yeah.
0: Maybe like a blue ring. Oh, I don't know. Because that thing will kill me.
1: Yeah. So you got to be careful on maybe that. Maybe like a red
0: octopus. Like something <laughs> that I could just like, like I lose an arm in a vending machine. And I'm like, ah, no big deal. It'll be back by tomorrow. Right. <laughs> you can keep that soda, by the way. <laughs> okay. So that brings us. Into this week's characters, folks. This week, we are going to be covering Spider-Man, a.k.a. Peter Parker.
1: The first and original Spider-Man.
0: Oh, yeah. And uh, he's got quite a long history, so let's get into it. Okay, right, so Spider-Man. He's a superhero created by writer-editor Stan Lee and writer-artist Dave Ditko. He first appeared in an anthology comic book, Amazing Fantasy, number 15, August 1962 in the silver age of comic books. And, you know, that was a very transitional point for comics. I would say silver age was. Yeah.
1: Cause it definitely changed how they were created. What kind of stories were made. They kind of brought in a lot of characters. We still see today.
0: It really was a Renaissance for like bringing in characters. Now, granted, they also had a lot of characters that did not stick. Because I feel like they're just throwing things at the wall. They're like, one of these ought to stick. But hey, Spider-Man already sticks to walls. So there we go. Hey, uh... (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Stanley
1: would say that the idea for Spider-Man arose from a surge in teenage demand for comic books. And the desire to create a character with whom teens could identify. Which is definitely always good because you want your characters, especially if you're putting it to a certain demographic, you want them to be able to identify with them.
0: Exactly. And honestly, considering at this point, I feel comics were more starting to move towards chill, like t- teenagers and kids and that, it made sense to have somebody, you know, they could actually look up to and be like, holy cow, I could be that.
1: Now, especially when you think about, you know, him being the same age on most of the time with most of the readers is like that makes it a little easier for them to, To identify, as like, hey, yeah, I could do that right now.
0: Exactly. So not a bad move on Stan Lee's part. So in his autobiography, Lee cites the non-superhuman pulp magazine crime fighter, the Spider, as a great influence, which hmm, I don't really know a lot about that character, but I can see like maybe with the name and stuff, like, yeah, not... It makes sense. It makes sense, yeah. (laughs) And he would also uh, state in multiple multiple uh
1: interviews that he was further inspired by seeing a spider climb up a wall uh which he added that in his autobiography that he has told the story so many times he's not really sure if
0: it's true or not (laughs) i love how i do love how stanley at a certain age he was just like f it just like He's like, you know what? I'm old. I don't even remember most of my life. I'm just kind of just winging it at this
1: point. Right, like he's made so many characters. He's been involved in so many characters. If you remember those kind of details from one that long ago, that'd be impressive.
0: Re- really would be. So Lee also says he chose spider, Spider-Man because he wanted the character to age as the series progressed. And moreover, felt the name Spider-Boy would have made the character sound inferior to other superheroes, which, good call.
1: That also makes it sound like he's a lot younger than he really is and less mature. Yeah, and
0: also, if you go with Spider-Boy and you're like, we're going to age him up, we'll switch his name later. Fans tend to not take name changes very well, as we saw when we talked about Black Panther versus Black Leopard. Yep. Yeah, fans aren't really big on name changes, so smart move on his part if I if I do say so myself.
1: Yeah, the only ones who really ever successfully do that were pretty much mem- any member of the Bat family. Other than that, though, like nobody else has really survived a name change.
0: True, but I mean, at least with the Bat family, I think they did did it smart by being like the Robin's just a mantle place for all the adopted kids Bruce yep. takes in.
1: He also decided to insert a hyphen in the name as he felt it looked too similar to Superman, another superhero who also wore red and blue costume, which started with an S and ends with man. Which, again, that, that makes a lot of sense because you want it to stand out. and yeah. not, When you put them side by side, there's so little difference. And
0: As a dyslexic, I appreciate and- that. <laughs> that hyphen honestly probably saved me a lot of effort on this research because I would have just been like, Just looking at them like, those look the same, but eh, there's something different about them. Oh, a hyphen. (laughs) (laughs) So at the time, Lee had to get only the consent of Marvel publisher Martin Goodman for the character's approval. Which apparently took a lot longer than one would have thought.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and Goodman eventually would agree to Spider-Man as a tryout in what Lee recalled as what would be the final issue of a current uh, science fiction and supernatural anthology series called the amazing adult fantasy, which was renamed amazing fantasy for that single issue of number 15.
0: Kind of probably a good move. They took the adult part out of there.
1: (laughs) And that's that's probably why they did for that character specifically. Yep. (laughs) I
0: just amazing adult fantasy,
1: Yeah. Yeah, that definitely does not sound like something that would be a a good place for a superhero. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) In particular, Lee stated that the fact it had already been decided that Amazing Fantasy would be canceled after issue 15 was the only reason Goodman allowed him to use Spider-Man. Which, I mean, that's not a bad way to just kind of throw out a test run of a character. Yeah, because
1: if the thing's being canceled anyways, if it doesn't go
0: good... It doesn't hurt anything. Exactly. Then we can just cancel and nobody's gonna be the wiser. And that, but if it does good, easily revive it.
1: Yep. Uh, and regardless, Lee would receive Goodman's approval for the name Spider-Man and the ordinary team concept, and approached artist Jack Kirby.
0: Ah, uh, there's that Jack Kirby again. Man, he pops up in so much stuff, man. I, like I feel like he is as notable of a creator as Stan Lee at this point. He really is. Greg Thixton, a comic historian, uh, recounts Kirby told Lee about an unpublished character on which he had collaborated with Joe Simon in the 1950s, where an orphan boy living with an old couple finds a magic ring that grants him superhuman powers. So here's where we're going to get into a little bit of like, who really...
1: Yeah, for the most part, at this point, up until we talk about the inner universe, it's a lot of...
0: Who is really
1: responsible for this?
0: And honestly, I personally, I don't I don't really have an opinion. As far as I'm concerned, I'm like, they all had a hand in it.
1: The, they all get the credit.
0: They all get the credit. So, anybody listening, um, I don't know. Maybe let us know.
1: So Lee would direct Kirby to flesh out the character and draw some pages. Uh, Steve Ditko would be the inker. And when Kirby showed Lee the first six pages, Lee recalled, I hated the way he was doing it. Not that he did it badly, it just wasn't the character I wanted, it was too heroic. Lee would then turn to Ditko, who developed a visual style Lee found satisfactory.
0: And I kind of get that, when it comes to arts and, like, when you're creating a character and it comes to finding an artist for the character, you gotta find the art that you want the character to be represented by.
1: Well then, but I mean, Kirby was doing the writing for it, not just the art. True. And even then, it's the same thing with the art, is you have to have you have to have the right people on both sides to be able to hit the character you want.
0: Exactly. And that's uh, i feel like that's the big problem with comics is because um, there are few people who possess all of those categories of talent. You're generally going to be working with multiple people to create a comic. And that's where it starts to get into like, no, this was my idea. It's like, well, I came to you. So this is my idea.
1: And I think part of their issue with who, who chose what, may have also had to deal with Lee not liking his original six pages. Where it's kind of like that, I'm salty and I'm not happy that you didn't like this.
0: True, true. That could easily be a thing. So Ditko, uh, Ditko recalled, One of the first things I did was to work up a costume, a vital visual part of the character. I had to know how he looked. Before I did any breakdowns, for example... A clinging power, so he wouldn't have hard shoes or boots. A hidden wrist shooter versus a web gun and a and holster, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I wasn't sure Stan would like the idea of covering the character's face, but I did it because it hid an obvious boyish face. It would also add mystery to the character. And honestly, it, it, apparently that it, it stuck. So, As in that
1: that part definitely gets talked about a little bit more later. But it's like, yeah, knowing that this kid is, at best, an early teen, mid-teens, like, you want to hide that face. <laughs> that's oh, not going to be a good hero face. That's not a threat. That's not really
0: an intimidating factor. Stop with, stop with that money. Is that a kid? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, no, we're just going to take this and
1: go. At least with the mask, it just, you know, made it look like a small adult male. Yeah. Not a teenager.
0: At least then you're just a little bit more like, Oh my god, this is an adult wearing that? Okay, you know what? I don't want to mess with that. Is... Right. <laughs> we'll come willingly. <laughs> Although the
1: interior work, uh, artwork was done by Ditko alone, Lee would reject Ditko's cover art and commission Kirby to pencil a cover that Ditko inked. Uh, Lee explained in 2010, I think I had Jack sketch out of cover for it because I always had a lot of confidence in Jack's covers. So It's back to just going back and forth like... You're taking one thing from one guy, giving it back to the other one. There's a lot of back and forth, which probably didn't help this whole issue of who created (laughs) Spider-Man. I
0: also do, do find it funny just between some of these creators where there's clearly animosity, but they also all do have somewhat respect for each other of knowing what their strengths are. Yep. And that like, so even if they don't like necessarily working together, they're like, well, this guy, this is the right guy for the job.
1: Yep. And, and you can definitely tell in the way Spider-Man was created, that that's definitely what happened here.
0: Yeah. Which honestly did not help with like who actually created it, but it made amazing character. So I'm, I'm willing to accept that. In an early recollection of the character's creation, Ditko describes his and Lee's Contribution to an interview with Gary Martin in summer of 1965. Stan Lee thought the name up. I did a costume web gimmick on wrists and spider signal. They're all, they also all seem to be giving each other credit rather than trying to take credit is what's funny. It's starting to be funny now.
1: Well, that was in the early ones. Later interviews seem to have some issues with that still. Mm, fair. Um, Ditko would also claim in an interview with Jonathan Ross that the costume was initially envisioned with an orange and purple color scheme rather than the more famous red and blue,
0: which I found, I did see that color scheme,
1: which also makes me wonder if the whole prowler thing came from that since he has purple grants, purple and green, but makes me wonder if that might stem from the original Spider-Man costumes concept.
0: You know what? I could see that actually. We we need to do a prowler episode someday. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I could I could see the designs and that kind of meshing. Yeah, so I, was, I kind of like the idea of an orange and purple. Yeah, orange and purple is kind of a I I think it works. I also like both of the colors, so maybe I'm biased. <laughs> so Kirby disputes Lee's version of the story and claim Lee had minimal involvement in the character's creation. According to Kirby, the idea of Spider-Man had originated with Kirby and Joe Simon, who in the 1950s had developed a character called the Silver Spider for the Crestwood Publications comic Black Magic, who uh, (laughs) who would subsequently not be used. Simon, in his 1990 autobiography, disputes Kirby's account, asserting that black magic was not a factor and that he, Simon, devised the name Spider-Man later changed to the Silver Spider. So once again, a lot of a lot of like pointing fingers, a lot of like, no, that didn't happen or yes, that did happen.
1: Yeah, but this is kind of where it really starts to where Kirby and Lee kind of didn't agree with it.
0: Yeah, there is a big battle between those two. And honestly, I don't know whose side to take. So I just enjoy the material and move on.
1: <laughs> Same. Uh, artist Steve Ditko would also state that Lee liked the name Hawkman from DC Comics and that Spider-Man was an outgrowth of that uh, interest. Which makes sense, Hawkman, Superman. like yeah. It's very easy, interesting names, and they're pretty much all that way at this point. Iron Man, Batman, Spider-Man. <laughs> like, a lot of them are
0: something man. man. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot that goes around. Okay, right, so yeah, no, that's, um, I mean, yeah, I could see it. I feel like it's almost reaching, though, because there are so many characters with the item man. But it also
1: makes me wonder if that was something that Lee has actually told Ditko. Yeah. So that's kind of where he may have gotten the idea, because he's like, you know, I, I do like this character. I like his name. We're going to kind of do something with that specifically.
0: Yeah, no, that's very true. Simon concurred that Kirby had shown the original Spider-Man version to Lee, who liked the idea and assigned Kirby to draw sample pages of the new character, but disliked the results. In Simon's description, Captain America with cobwebs. Which, yeah.
1: I mean, it it makes sense. They're both from New York. They got a lot of the same personality and... And traits. It, it makes sense. True. And uh, that, that kind of gives me horror images, though. Thinking about Captain America with cobwebs. <laughs> uh, Lee would give Ditko the premise of a teenager bitten by a spider and, and developing powers. A premise Ditko would expand upon to the point where he became that Bell describes as the first work for higher artists of his generation to create and control the narrative arc of his series.
0: Okay. Man, just, yeah, a lot of handing this character. This character got passed around like a hot potato.
1: I mean, it, it, they definitely took advantage of everybody's abilities, and I, I do think that that's what made
0: Spider-Man so good that early on. I could easily agree with that. Uh, it was a team effort at that point. At this point, yeah, I'm willing to say that Spider-Man is not just Stan Lee's creation. It was definitely a amalgamation and team effort to make this character what it was. Oh, yeah, Definitely. So on the issue of the initial creation, Ditko stated, I still don't know whose idea was Spider-Man. Ditko did, however, view the publishi- uh, published version of Spider-Man as a separate creation to the one he saw in the five penciled pages that Kirby had completed. Which, and I think that's a
1: good way to separate the two is what was published... It was likely extremely different than what was first envisioned by Kirby. Yeah. So it's like, yes, Kirby, you had an you had help in creating him, but what was created was not yours. Yeah. Specifically.
0: And I, as an artist myself, I feel as though I've had had that happen with a few projects I've worked on with some people, where I am just like, here is the idea, and then when it gets done, I am like, that is not at all what I created or came up with. But you know what? It works. Yep. And, and sometimes with
1: art and passing off your ideas, it's kind of what happens. You kind of have to hope Except, for the best.
0: Yeah. I mean, how many scripts have uh, been thrown to Hollywood that resemble nothing of the original script screenplay?
1: Pretty sure most of them. Yeah, same. I mean, look at all the Disney movies from the Grimms brothers that yeah. com- are complete opposites.
0: They're just like, we're going to take the names and the overall concept And get rid of the murder. (laughs) Pretty much.
1: Uh, Kirby also noted that in a 1971 interview that it was Ditko who got Spider-Man to roll, and the thing caught on because of what he did. Lee, while claiming credit for the initial idea, had acknowledged Ditko's role, stating, If Steve wants to be called co-creator, I think he deserves it.
0: Which, fair. Because, yeah, no... It was, he's the one who kind of got it on the paper and did the designs and stuff.
1: And kind of created what Spider-Man we know looks like.
0: Yeah, so he definitely, he does deserve it. Definitely. I'm glad Stan Lee made that statement. (laughs) So Lee has further commented that Ditko's costume design was key to the character's success. Since the costume completely covers Spider-Man's body, people of all races could visualize themselves inside the costume and thus more easily identify with the character. Which, smart.
1: And I think that is what truly made Spider-Man amongst other heroes so popular. Because other heroes, you see the faces. It's kind of like with how Bungie did with Halo and Master Chief. You never see his face, so you can envision... You being him,
0: yeah, anybody can be in that suit,
1: and there's nothing in Spider Man saying you have to be a specific race to be able to be Spider Man.
0: I mean, you know, kind of like uh, I guess, um, I, so, slight spoiler warning if you haven't seen Enter the Spider Verse, but it's kind of that whole like it fits, it always fits eventually. The suit, anybody can be the can be Spider oh, Man, oh, yeah, <laughs> like.
1: And yeah. as we've seen with other versions of Spider-Man, there is pretty much every race of Spider-Man out there. Yeah, like it didn't he, have to be one kind,
0: even a few different species.
1: And I, I really think that's what made Spider-Man so popular with kids and people around the world.
0: And it it really it really did. It. I could fully agree with that. So now we uh, now that we're done with that whole debacle. <laughs> Ladies and g- folks, um, it's up to you, wh- whatever you think on it and that, but we're standing neutral ground. We just enjoy the character. So we're going in universe now. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So in universe. So Peter was con- uh, conceived while his parents were on a mission in Bombay, India. Present at his birth were his Uncle Ben and Aunt May. And when Ben jokingly said, I always liked the name Ben myself, Richard gave Peter the middle name Benjamin. Oh, that's I mean, kind of cute. I, I kind of hope
1: seeing as it's your name, that's what you prefer. <laughs> You've yeah. always liked that name better. It's like, I hope so, because you're stuck with it apparently for a long time. Yeah, unless you got money. <laughs> but, yeah, oh, that's kind of cute, though. I like it. It was definitely kind of nice to know that Ben and May were there at the very beginning, too.
0: Right? Shows like shows that they weren't just a random family member who ended up with Peter.
1: Exactly, which is nice. Um, Richard and Mary would also often leave Peter in the care of Uncle Ben and Aunt May after he was born. Um, when Richard and Mary were later assigned on a mission to Algeria, they left Peter in the care of his aunt and uncle while they were away. So a lot of times when they're on their little top secret missions, it makes sense that that's a good family because obviously you're very close with them. They were there at the birth. Yep, it's a good family to leave them with.
0: And honestly, if you're you know secret agents, like you, you need somebody to be watching that kid. You know, not it. Not everybody has a Woodhouse. <laughs> Makes you wonder though
1: if uh, Ben and May knew what their jobs were. And to understand why they keep getting left with this kid.
0: I imagine they would have at least had an idea. that, I like, hope so. Like, hey, hey, we do secret government work. We're not allowed to talk about it, but we have to be gone for long periods of time and be like blackout contact. Yeah.
1: We may be just dropping our kid with you a lot.
0: Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, R- Richard and Mary... Uh, oh getting into the dark and stuff. So Richard and Mary would die in a plane crash and they were later framed for acts of treason against the United States by Red Skull. Ben and May decided to raise Peter as their own, keeping the association surrounding his parents, a secret from him for many years. That's also accusations. Accusations. (laughs) (laughs) It was a good attempt. Just a failed attempt. <laughs> so it was accusations surrounding the parents. <laughs> Moving on. How do you keep getting all the short ones? Luck.
1: <laughs> um, because of she was afraid of eye strain, Peter's uh, Peter's Aunt May had Peter wear glasses from a young age. Which, I mean, that's not a good idea because usually if you don't need them, making someone wear them is going to make it worse. Yeah. And going to cause the problems. Yeah. Yep. So was like, okay, you're a little
0: too protective there. You just screwed him up. Which, honestly, that's going to become kind of a factor with Aunt May here, here in a bit. Uh, for whatever reason, it took a number of years for May and Ben to become Peter's legal guardians. On that very day, Peter was almost ran down by a car while playing in the street. May would pull him to safety. Which, you know... G- Dang, good reflexes.
1: And which it was one thing that cut, but apparently on that same day is when Peter found out that they were not his actual parents, and would uh, tell Aunt May that he hated her. Aww, yeah, it, it was a uh, very emotional and not a good day for that family. Yeah, they're gonna be, they're gonna have a lot of not good days here <laughs> coming oh, yeah. up. So, uh... Uh, Peter quickly became a reclusive child, but very bright and found a love for reading and a love of science. Not long after this, Peter's Aunt May would explain that Peter that well, what fear was and its benefit to living creatures, which kind of makes you wonder why did she decide to start explaining what fear was? Did something happen? Yeah, I didn't really go into
0: detail on that, like
1: because I know there was a another part where. Uncle Ben because he got scared by a spider and Uncle Ben talked to him about that.
0: Yeah, and he more he made him overcome his fear of spiders, explain like that they're not bad. But, but
1: it's kinda weird that um what what did it may what what caused Aunt May to do it?
0: Yeah, what are you doing, Aunt May? What what is happening over there? <laughs> okay, so Peter grew up fairly happy early on in his life. With trips to the beach with his aunt and uh, kite flying lessons with his uncle, Peter particularly bonded with his uncle Ben, taking on his knack uh, knack for bad jokes and silly pranks, and found a love for action films just like his uncle. And I love that because like that shows where like his witty like <laughs> it shows so much
1: of what became synonymous with Spider Man, right? Just that wit and the. The
0: stuff he would do, the stupid puns he'd be making <laughs> while fighting villains, which arguably just makes him more bit more angry and off their game. So right, hey, it works.
1: In elementary school, he would attempt to make friends, only to be bullied by his peers because he was not th- not athletic and wore glasses. Because you know, kids are little jerks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good save, Joker.
1: That was a close one.
0: <laughs> but you're not wrong. Kids are terrible, and. and it's just so horrible that you know schools don't do enough about that they really don't they really side with the bullies a lot of the time which is so wrong yeah it's like, it's like oh you're we're gonna send you to court because you punched him does anybody want to know why i punched him
1: <laughs> or you know zero tolerance well that's a lie <laughs> yep
0: uh, so peter did have a fierce sense of loyalty One day, when some kids ruined the family groceries on a rainy day, Peter confronted them, but was beaten up for his troubles. In the aftermath of the fight, his Uncle Ben imparted Peter with the first of many bits of wisdom Peter would eventually live by (laughs) implicitly (laughs) that the greatest power one could possess was their intelligence and courage. Which, yeah, not wrong. Peter, uh, Peter's gotten up against some enemies that arguably he should not have come out the other end. Of.
1: Oh yeah. All the time.
0: Yeah. He's constantly taking on people that are way out of his league power wise, but
1: he is intelligence. They so just got outsmart him.
0: Yep. He's smart and he's got courage. So
1: one day Peter's uncle Ben told him that he should spend the day outside. It was on this day that he would first cross paths with his future tormentor, Eugene Flash Thompson. What kind of, what kind of parent names are kid Eugene? Well, <laughs> you know, it's
0: a, bad parents. Right.
1: Uh, and Flash would you know, be the one that would also bully others around him. Uh, seeing how the other children feared and respected Flash it was, and his natural athletic ability, Peter would envy Tom uh, Thompson, unaware that Flash came from an abusive home.
0: Yeah, the name was kind of a dead giveaway on that.
1: Right. Uh, I think I've only ever met one Eugene. I think he was a
0: cool guy, but still, what kind of parents name your kid Eugene? Right? Like, what? Like, yeah, what was the thought process leading to Eugene?
1: I can see why he, he picked up the nickname and stuck with Flash. Yeah, Flash Flash Thompson.
0: So much is better. Your, is, that your, is that your real name? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about that. <laughs> Not long after this, May and Ben took Peter to an open house of a science facility owned by Oscorp, where Peter was inspired to pursue a career in science by its owner, Norman Osborne Dun, dun, dun!
1: <laughs> foreshadowing is foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Peter was naturally bright and won science fair awards and made good grades. You yeah, know, of course. What, no, that's... Pretty typical for the smart kid in comics. Yep. <laughs> uh, ben attempted to encourage Peter by telling him how proud his father would have been. This would actually make Peter sullen and depressed, and when Ben got the boy to confide in him, was surprised to learn that Peter wanted his uncle Ben to be proud of him.
0: Which makes sense, because it's, it's just one of those, like, he doesn't know his father. He exactly. knows you.
1: like As far as he knows, you're his father. as As far as emotionality goes. Yeah, you're... <laughs> The kid's That's father. Exactly. And like, Which, unfortunately, saying your dad would be proud of you really means nothing to a kid that doesn't know their parent.
0: Yep. And honestly, though, I, I get where Ben's coming from by oh, saying yeah. in that. But I'm glad they, you know, they had a little bit of an open conversation. heart to heart. Because that probably did change how Ben would interact later on. Oh, yeah. That's so, okay. So Peter also developed a love for comic books, particularly ones about monsters and science fiction. However, when Peter was plagued with nightmares about the various creatures in the books he read, his Aunt May had the comics taken away. Unaware all the time, Peter was being tormented by the dream demon known as Nightmare. Which, yeah, no, he, that is actually a very prevalent character in the Mar- Marvel Universe. Surprisingly, it's the first time he's come up. Yeah, a little shocking. He mostly... Dr. Strange has dealt with him a lot.
1: That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> uh, May would become less strict about comic books when Peter came across his Uncle Ben's old collection of books from the 40s. Uh, Peter quickly fell in love with the stories, uh, uh, stories about heroes like Captain America, the android Human Torch, the Submariner, and others. He romanticized about becoming a superhero himself and wished someday he could be one. Yeah, talk about some foreshadowing right there. Yeah, right. Like, no kid, be careful what you wish for.
0: Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna Bruce Wayne this kid. Uh, this fantasy started getting traction when his aunt May was uh, knocked over by a boy on a skateboard and twisted her ankle. Wishing he had some way to stop the boy, Peter went home and sketched the design for what would eventually become the Web Shooters. That he would use in later years, which that's really impressive.
1: Right. Especially a young age and you're like, oh, I'm going to just keep going with this fantasy and I'm going to create something that eventually becomes something very integral to who you become.
0: Right. But just like knowing that he already kind of had the design concept and that as a kid and then just as he got smarter, he went back and he's like, huh, this
1: actually might work. It makes you wonder, did he design him as web shooters or as like a rope shooter? Or yeah. what, how did he design that?
0: Originally, yeah. Probably just like some wrist launcher type thing. Yeah. And it then
1: just, when he got his powers, he's like, we're going to make this to webs.
0: Yeah, right. Which, I mean, hey, worked. <laughs> right.
1: At the age of 13, Peter began attending Midtown High School, where the student body was joined uh, by Flash Thompson. Following him was his longtime tormentor, Carl King, who continued to bully Peter into high school. Which I was kind of surprised that they threw that in there when they never really brought up King before. But like, hey, no, he was a longtime tormentor. But yeah. it's like, was
0: he, though? Like, even me as a fan of Spider-Man, and you know I'm a big fan of Spider-Man, I'm like, even when I read that, I'm like, who the heck is he? Like,
1: Because yeah, not- even out of the things I erased and cleaned out, there really was nothing about Carl earlier on. Like, it was just a sudden, hey, here's this guy who's been tormenting him for years. Yeah,
0: like, they brought up mention, like, I left it out only because, like, when they mentioned it, they, like, offhandedly mentioned it, like, this is his first bully. Now, anyway, <laughs> I'm yeah, like,
1: they, they did not do a good job with that.
0: <laughs> I'm like, um, so we want to go more into that character? They're like, no, not at all. Cool, 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 cool research material. So Peter would learn not everyone was out to get him when he was saved from some bullies by the class clown, C.J. Vogel?
1: That's what we're going to go with, because I'm assuming that's what it is.
0: C.J. Vogel.
1: Which is funny, because that's another name who I never saw pop up again.
0: Yeah, no, it, like it, he never comes up after this.
1: Which makes no sense, like, why would... I get just, you know, having the class clown, but why give him a name? Yeah. If you're never going to use him again, why? Exactly. So that fall, when Peter was helping his aunt and uncle with the yard work, unknown to Peter at the time, this would be the first time he would uh, be seen by Mary Jane Watson, the niece Mm. of his aunt's friend, Anna Watson. It was about this time uh, Peter began to realize that his aunt and uncle were much older than the parents of his classmates and began to worry about their mortality. Because, you know, what does a high schooler need but to start worrying about mortality? Yeah. (laughs) Uncle Ben would assure that both sides of their family came from a hearty stock. You know, like all those old timers do. (laughs) Uh, And that both he and Peter's Aunt May would live for a long time still. Tragically, though, this prediction would be proved to be very, very wrong.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, Uncle Ben just had to put his foot in his
0: mouth. And honestly, that's why I don't think I'm ready to have kids because my kid's like, daddy, Dad, like, are you going to die anytime soon? I'm like, maybe. Like, what? I'm like, I could get hit by a bus tomorrow if I'm being real with you, little one. (laughs) When Peter was 15 years old, he was interested in a scientific exhibition on radioactivity at General Tektronic Laboratories East. I don't know why I said it that way, but it was the only way I could get through that word. So we're going with it. When none of his fellow students were interested in going with him, Peter went on his own. And, Which, you know, of
1: course, you know, being a person who just wants to be by himself, it kind of fit.
0: Yeah. It fit his personality. And honestly, with being a ostracized kid at the in the school and that, like... Like, why like, I was more just wondering like, I'm like Peter why, why'd you even ask Right
1: <laughs> uh, Unknown to Peter uh, He was being followed by his tormentor Carl King Hey he comes up again <laughs> um, Who would uh, Who sought to bully him some more that day During the experiment that day A lone spider would be lowered Into the path of radioactive energy That was being transmitted by the particle accelerator Being de- uh, demonstrated this radioactive spider ended up on Peter's hand and bit him. Peter quickly realized that the spider had been radiated and quickly ex- excused himself from the room when he began to feel ill as a result of the bite. So, did he just? Uh, how did he figure out this one had been irradiated? Like, was it an instant? I started feeling
0: bad. Ah, uh, from the way they kind of explain it, it sounds like it was like almost instantaneous. Like after the bite, it like really started to affect him.
1: I was like, it was like other than that. It's a, it's a spider bite. How did you know he, he was radiated? Right? It just seems like it was almost like a spider sense before he had the spider sense.
0: <laughs> that was the first power he got.
1: Yeah, the whole particle accelerator thing, though, just kind of makes me think of the, the Flash TV show. They really got a thing for particle accelerators, they
0: really do. And it's always those that go wrong and give people powers. I think. I think honestly, especially because even now, particle accelerating is such a new science. Even though it's been around for so ever, we know so little about that. We're just like, maybe, right. maybe it could. We're just like they. They say that and scientists is like, I don't know. It's like, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me it can't do that. And they're like, we don't have enough information to tell you it can't do that. It's like ah. <laughs> Peter would be confronted by two bullies from school. Peter was surprised when he was able to take a punch. When Peter tried to hit back, Peter would miss (laughs) uh, and strike a lamppost, causing it to fall over. Walking out into traffic, Peter was almost run down by a car, but managed to make a leap across the street and was further surprised when he was able to cling to the wall as well. As he climbed to the top of the building, the only witness was a child. Which, it says the only witness was a child, but we had two bullies that just tried to start shit with him. Well, but it
1: depends, I guess, on where on the, what wall he was trying to climb and True. if they were okay. able to get across the
0: street to follow him. So maybe one witness to see him crawl up the wall, but I'm just saying, if the rest of that, they had a lot of witnesses. Yeah, and if I was a bully... And the nerdy kid who I'm used to picking on suddenly punched a lamppost over? I feel like there'd be some questions.
1: Well, that and then you see him walk into traffic and leap across the street.
0: Yeah. like there, There's a lot of questions there. And then suddenly...
1: I also question how only a child saw him do this in the town of New York. Right. How's there not more windows with people looking at him or people in the alleys? You'd think there would be. Like, it amazes me with these... Heroes in New York, like how are you doing this in an alleyway? You know they're going to be littered
0: with homeless or
1: random people walking by,
0: right? It just that's one thing that always made me just like, I'm like, I'm like, how are they making these costume changes so seamlessly? Right? there has got to be so many homeless people saying, like, I know the identity of Spider Man, and it's like, Greg, shut up and eat your soup. <laughs>
1: Uh, Peter would soon discover, though, that the spider's bite had granted him proportionate strength, speed, and agility of a spider. So, you know, it gave him the powers.
0: Yep. And uh, by most accounts, Peter Parker's powers were the source of the radioactivity combining with the spider DNA, giving him his spider powers. However, Peter's spider powers originate From a far greater source. The Great Weaver. A totematic deity of the spider. Selected Peter to be its avatar in reality 616. And that actually does. um, We won't be covering it here. But that does become a major factor later on in the comics.
1: Which which makes sense. But I do like that. Everybody's like, "No, this is how he got it," but in reality, is nowhere near what he how he got his powers.
0: Yeah, like there's so much more depth to that, <laughs> like which, a, which I do
1: like about that. Right, it's better than most of our heroes that we've talked about or see in movies. Where it's like, no, it's just this real simple thing. Like, no, if this one has a grand scheme.
0: Oh yeah, and it uh, it comes to it kind of comes about like in some stories late, much later on that, like I said, we will not be covering, but. Because
1: That Just, is much much later on. Well,
0: yep, but they're out there. So now moving on, we got showbiz baby.
1: <laughs> Onto the part where after having his powers, he kind of takes advantage of them. Yep. Having been marginalized by his peers for years, Peter would decide to use his new power, uh, newfound powers, for personal gain in the hope of achieving fame and fortune. Of course, because you know. What kind of person can get those kind of powers and not immediately go to greed?
0: Oh, right. (laughs) Uh, I'm not better.
1: Yeah, no, I know I wouldn't be. Uh, The opportunity would uh, present itself when he learned of a cash prize for anyone who could last three minutes in the ring with the wrestler Crusher Hogan.
0: (laughs) I got you for three minutes. Three minutes of pain. So after the match, Peter was offered to be presented by booking agent Maxie Schiffman who claimed he could land Peter on television. I read that name as best as I could. Don't, don't, don't look up like that. <laughs> <Here you go. laughs> uh, in
1: order to sensationalize himself, <clears throat> Peter des- uh, designed a colorful costume and applied the designs for his web shooters, created his own adhesive formula to create webs. With that, The Amazing Spider-Man was born and became a television sensation, appearing on television and making sizable amounts of money. But, you know, that's that's still pretty impressive that he was able to take, as we talked about earlier, about his web shoes as a kid. Yeah. And he found a way to make a web himself with it just being not being
0: natural. Like, it, it really does show his ingeniousness. Oh, yeah. Just like, dang. <laughs> so, on the way to his first show, Peter had saved a man falling from a window who was trying to catch a glimpse of him swinging by. Performing his first albeit unplanned, heroic act as Spider-Man.
1: That was kind of where it really first started. (laughs) Yep. I know. This one definitely kind of surprised me. But Peter's television exploits would gain him a legion of fans, including Flash Thompson. But Spider-Man first performance also generated a positive review from the Daily Bugle editor-in-chief, J. J. Jonah Jameson.
0: Which, honestly, same here. That really surprised me. I'm Uh, like, oh. uh,
1: When I read that on editing this, I'm like, "Um, what? Yeah. He actually
0: liked him at one point. Yep. Which, oh my God. Like, sometime in the future, we got to do an episode on J. Jonah Jameson because the guy has more depth than just like, I need pictures of Spider-Man. That's just his most famous. Yep. (laughs) So after one of Peter's performances, he happened to open. Uh, so after one of Peter's performances, he happened upon a burglar robbing the studio. When the security guard asked Spider-Man to stop the crook, Peter allowed him to go by. When the guard scolded Spider-Man, Peter told him that catching the crook was the guard's responsibility, not his. Oh. And oh, the webs we weave, my friend. Yeah, because this one moment of
1: arrogance would cost Peter more than he could ever bargain for and change his life forever. In a very dark, wet manner. So,
0: ladies and gentlemen, here we go. A few days later, while coming home from a performance, Peter was surprised to see the police waiting outside his home. He was shocked to learn that his Uncle Ben had confronted a burglar breaking into their home and was fatally shot. Learning that the man responsible was hiding out in the Acme warehouse, Peter changed into Spider-Man to catch him. And Acme is a... Ah, oh, I love that they had an Acme warehouse. Right. <laughs> you go from Looney Tunes to Marvel. Love it. Right? Oh, but yeah... Yeah, pretty, uh, well, I guess let's continue on into it. <laughs> so,
1: as Peter would exit his bedroom window as Spider-Man, he would be observed by Mary Jane Watson. She had connected, uh, she made the connection that Peter Parker was Spider-Man, but would keep that secret for many, many years.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: <laughs> Which, I-, I thought that was interesting, because it had another... Name on it, like another one of his friends. It was another one of those that they never came up again. So I was like, Yeah, we're gonna just leave in the part about the person we know,
0: fair enough, consistently.
1: I, but I, I thought it was very weird how normally in like all the movies it takes a lot and it takes them to tell them. But yeah. no, she figured out like instantly, right? Before he was even a hero. It,
0: it was- is also one of those like after you would start, like, at, start dating at a certain point and you tell them, and they're like, Oh, I already know. It's like couldn't
1: uh honestly i would love for them to have had that conversation
0: right that would have been great Uh, oh like i'm spider-man
1: oh yeah i knew that from the uh day that uh, the cops were at your house like wait what
0: if i ever come across that conversation in comics i will let you know and i will find i I hope it. it exists right so knocking out the murderer With a single punch, Peter finally got a good look and was shocked to find that the killer was the very burglar he refused to stop days earlier. Peter was horrified by the realization that he was partially responsible for the death of his uncle, Ben, and left the burglar webbed up for the authorities. Peter learned the harshest lesson of all, with great power comes great responsibility and roll credits we're done folks thank you for coming <laughs> right <laughs> uh, due to Peter's dramatic capture
1: of his uncle's murderer J. Jonah Jameson began uh, began completely shifting his opinion on Spider-Man and began began considering him a menace and began airing this opinion on the Daily Bugle and now jo- uh, Jameson becomes the man
0: we know <laughs> yep <laughs> Which uh yeah, if anybody wants an episode on J. Joe and Jameson sometime in the future, uh let us know because there's a there's actually a pretty reasonable explanation as to why he switched so hard on it.
1: Oh yeah. Um well I do kinda wanna talk though, now that we're done with this and it after rewatching the original Raimi trilogy, it amazes me how accurate that actually was. Yeah. For as much shit as we give that trilogy for being very cringy and bad, all, most of this all lines up with that first movie almost exactly. Yeah, no, it's granted, like... Yes, the Uncle Ben died
0: in a different way. And they kind of do skip over his like showman like being an actual TV star. I mean... Because they yeah, do the wrestling thing. Yeah, they just kind of skip the
1: rest, but I mean, that makes sense. They yeah, don't have a lot of time. Exactly. You got to hustle but that But they still up. keep the fact that he did the wrestling thing. He let the ber- the robber go and it had the same really bad attitude and confidence of that's not my problem
0: yep and also just a random thing I'd like to throw out here ladies and gentlemen the Green Goblin was one of his co-stars at one point that was not originally Norman <laughs> that's good to know so just a fun little fact to throw out there for y'all now let's get into powers and abilities Plap thwap
1: now, most of this is uh, very just quick, short, to the point. Yep. A few that were a little more interesting.
0: Fair. So, superhuman strength, speed, stamina, durability, and agility. Makes sense. So, regenerative healing factor, which that just, I feel like if you have powers, that just is commonplace. So. Well, especially
1: when they give you the superhuman strength, because you're going to be hitting things that at a normal speed, it wouldn't do anything. But you hit a brick wall, you're going to. Without that kind of regenerative or you're gonna durability, you. you're going to really hurt yourself.
0: True. So, you also got superhuman uh, equilibrium. Equi- uh, equilibrium, <laughs> which kind of let him balance out on
1: anything. And he had no problem being upside down.
0: Yep. It's also the reason why, like, yeah, he could straight up, like, walk on the side of a wall at a 90 degree <laughs> angle, just as if it's normal.
1: Yep. And then with that equilibrium, he was able to balance on extremely thin things like the spider web. Yep. And other things that normally would cause a person a lot of issues.
0: Oh, yeah. So he also has superhuman reflexes, currently about 40 times greater than those of an ordinary human. Wow. Right? (laughs) I feel like the spider sense kind of adds to that, too. Oh, it
1: definitely does, because it it adds. Kind of a heads up. Something's
0: coming. So he has an enhanced immune system. Due to his accelerated metabolism, Spider-Man has the has a high tolerance for drugs and diseases. Uh, more so than that of a normal human. And he can recover from the effects of large doses rapidly. Spider-Man's unique physiology even allowed him to recover from the effects of vampirism. Wow. As stated by Blade, his radioactive blood w- would kill the enzyme responsible for his transformation and revert him to normal. That's actually, uh, they actually kind of used that one time when Hulk got turned in one of the cartoons. Makes sense. Hulk gets turned in. They're like, we just got to make him angry. The radiation will kill off oh, yeah. and everything else. And that was one of those, like, it didn't
1: need to be talked about in the episode, but that was a, a fun fact that.
0: Yeah. And also knowing that
1: it does kind of bring in Blade. Yeah. It's kind of fun.
0: That's actually pretty cool. Like, That's a fun little one. I'm glad you put that in there. So spider sense. Spider-Man possesses a precognitive danger or spider sense, which warns him of potential and immediate danger by the manifestation of a tingling sensation in the back of his skull. (laughs) Honestly, though, like, oh, man, I do. If anybody out there, here's here's a little fun thing I want everybody to do. Go to like part like the national like wildlife page and ask if they if spiders have a spider sense, because you'll get a reply that is very dry and sarcastic from them. Sounds like
1: they're tired of getting this question. <laughs> yep, because I saw
0: somebody ask it on a YouTube video, and they're like, this was the reply, and they were not thrilled at all. <laughs>
1: Makes you wonder how many times a day they get that question.
0: Oh, dude, right? Just some guy's just there. That's his only job is to respond to the Spider-Man people. Yep. <laughs> okay, so uh, he's also a master acrobat, which, you know, kind of makes sense with everything else. Yep. And a master martial artist.
1: Which, um, that one, depending on, I guess, being Peter Parker is a little more surprising.
0: Yep. Uh, which actually, uh, if you want, uh, here, here's how that actually happened. Um, Kung Lee, uh, the master from the movie Ten Rings and that, the main character, mm-hmm. he actually taught Spider Man and created a martial art specifically for him called The Way of the Spider. Nice. So that's kind of how he became a master martial artist. Okay. Is, training with people like him. He's even had training from Captain America, who, you so, know...
1: So, it's definitely one of those, he became a national martial artist. He, yeah. It was just much later in his time. Exactly. Which Makes he already sense.
0: had kind of the stuff there, because he was really good at improv fighting, considering he had to, he has to consistently pull his punches when dealing with, like, humans. Because he could straight up just murk somebody... On accident. On accident, <laughs> so... He's already pretty good at it, but like, yeah, getting train actual train from some of the world's best martial artists definitely helped. Oh yeah. And now that's all Bowers and stuff. We're going into other media.
1: So, for the first section, the video game section, it's going to be a very brief overview because he has been in way too many games, and
0: they're all amazing.
1: Um, so he has had many games over the years and has appeared over fifteen platforms. Uh, he has appeared in three games in the 80s, 13 games in the 90s, 14 in the 2000s, another 25 in the 2010s, three in the 2020s, with a sequel to Marvel Spider-Man being announced in 2021.
0: And I also feel like it goes without it saying been way too many. <laughs> and I also feel as though it goes without saying yes. He is in the Lego Marvel. <laughs> oh yeah, there's there's like two or three of them. Yep, it's, it's more of one of those. I'm like, oh, like you know, it we, goes without mentioning it, but considering what we're doing, why not mention that? Much? Right.
1: Yeah. Like he's he's been in so many games. Yeah, and like, honestly, he's got more games than pretty much the rest of our list so far combined.
0: And honestly, it's the only reason I want to get get my own Xbox. And a PlayStation Five is. I want to download all the games again. I oh w- yeah! I want to play through them all again because they're fun. They are uh, fun. You can play through most of them. Some of them are uh, not going to be on a system. True. I guess everything from like all the console games from the '90s all the way to now, I want to replay them all.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> so in the TV. He's appeared in numerous animated shows, starting all the way back in a uh, show titled Spider-Man that ran from 1967 to
0: 1970, <laughs> yeah.
1: which blew my mind because I didn't realize that he had TV show cartoons that old. Oh,
0: yeah. I'm pretty sure that's actually where we get the uh, famous picture of them pointing at each other.
1: Actually, that's probably true.
0: That one uh, and also just like all the like that's kind of that art style. That's yeah, the era. it's from. Probably- that
1: would make sense. Um, He also would appear in Spider-Man, the animated series in the
0: 90s. (laughs)
1: Uh, Spider-Man Unlimited that only ran for a season, debuting in 1999.
0: That one wasn't bad, honestly.
1: It would take him nine years to get his next series, which would be in 2008, The Spectacular Spider-Man. Some of his his (laughs) other notable ones being Avengers Assemble, Hulk uh, and the Agents of Smash. And he also appears in the Disney Plus what uh, show, What If? Yeah. Which he, I saw in there, the only reason he wasn't voiced by Tom Holland was because Holland was doing something else at the time. Oh, That was literally the only thing. They were like, he, he would have been, but scheduling conflicts. Aw, dang it. Which would have been nice to have. I mean, the guy who voiced him did a good job.
0: Apparently, because I didn't notice the difference.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I noticed it like right away. (laughs) Uh, He also had a pair of live action appearances, first being The Amazing Spider-Man, a short lived show that started out as a TV film in 1977 that ran for two seasons from 77 to 79. He also had a Japanese Spider-Man TV series roughly around that
0: time, which honestly, like I know, I know it doesn't sound like it would be good. It's worth a watch. Uh, I mean,
1: it sounds like it would be something that would be fun to watch.
0: It's kind of like Power Rangers meets Spider Man. Now I just want to
1: find this and watch it. Because
0: he gets a big mech suit in it, too.
1: That is awesome. He fights monsters.
0: (laughs) It's it's hilarious and awesome. Like, anybody out there, go give it a watch. Oh, that is
1: great. Uh, So, now into his movies, his live action movies. Um, He would be in a Hammond series. So, Nicholas Hammond would portray Spider Man in the 70s. The Amazing Spider-Man TV series, with three films being released in Europe from 77 to 81, these being Spider-Man, Spider-Man Strikes Back, and spider man The Dragon Challenge. Which, that last one kind of seems seems very random titling. (laughs) That really does. Uh, I feel like that was something that was probably in Germany. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, I can see that. Uh, there was also a film based on the Japanese TV series named Spider-Man in 1979.
0: It's pretty fun watch, too. <laughs> I'm just a fan of the Japanese
1: Spider-Man series. It definitely sounds like that would be a fun one.
0: <laughs> it really is.
1: Um, and then, you know, the, the first one that everybody knows the most, and unfortunately bashes on the most, <laughs> Yeah, I'm true. Uh, is the Raimi series, uh, starring Tobey Maguire. It would run uh, Spider-Man in 02, Spider-Man 2 in 04, and Spider-Man 3 and 07. From 2008 to 2010, Sony and Raimi were actually working on three more sequels to Spider-Man 3, but with issues over the fourth would lead Sony to cancel in 2010. I knew they were working on the fourth. I didn't realize
0: they planned on that many more movies. Yeah, I did not know that. I knew about the fourth too. Really, uh, I'm not going to lie. Honestly, after the third one, I was pretty done. Honestly, after the second one, I was kind of done. I enjoyed the second one. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah,
1: that was kind of the end of it, though. It was really the last good one.
0: The third one, I I was very upset. In
1: yeah, uh, it, it definitely makes you wonder if that had a lot to do with uh, the issues with the fourth.
0: I could I could see I could see it because they, yeah. they used
1: everything up in the third. They're like, well, now what do we do? Right. <laughs> oh. Um. Then, following 2010, you'd have the uh, web series. Following 2010 cancellation of Spider-Man 4, Sony would reboot the series with The Amazing Spider-Man 2012, starring Andrew Garfield, who would return in 2014 for The Amazing Spider-Man 2. But following underwhelming box office performance and critical reception of The Amazing Spider-Man 2, Sony would again cancel their shared universe and their pr- proposed Sinister Six spinoff.
0: Which was really disappointing, because I'll admit, I, don't, I didn't think The Amazing Spider-Man series popped like, like, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't like, I wasn't like, and like, this is the best. But yep. I did at least enjoy it that I was disappointed when they canceled the Sinister Six. Oh, yeah. Because I was like, oh, that would have been fun.
1: The one thing I did like about it, because while the Raimi series definitely was a little more true to his origins. Yeah. I felt that this really showed the genius that. Peter Parker was. True. Because uh, it showed him creating his web shooters and messing with them and being the smart kid.
0: Yeah. Because, yeah, in the Raimi ones, like, they imply that Peter's a genius and smart. But they never really do anything to showcase
1: Outside it. of his conversations with, like, Osborn or... or Doc yeah. It's like Other than that, though, the,
0: you don't know it. Exactly. They kind of just gloss over it, and which is disappointing because... Because he in the comics, he does actually get, like, like biological web shooters, but it's after he literally dies and gets reincarnated out of a spider shell. Thing. It's a confusing series. That makes sense. But, yeah, no, I, I did like that they showcased that in the Amazing Spider-Man series. That
1: was the nice thing, because, yeah, it's like, the first one had one good thing about it. The next one had another good thing about it. And it also had much more of the quips and the funny... Peter than the Raimi series did. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Though prior to Sony's 2015 decision to work with Marvel, they were actually reportedly considered a crossover between the Raimi and Webb universe with a movie title, Spider-Man versus the amazing Spider-Man. Oh, that would have been fun. That though. would have been. I think that would have been great to see.
0: Oh, dude, right? I would have. I would have totally bought tickets to that.
1: I know. I'd be. I'd be voting for the Amazing Spider-Man.
0: Same, same. I'm like, I'm like, ah, I think the Amazing Spider-Man is gonna take this. Oh yeah. He just seems smarter and just like more with it, even though he also acts like a total stoner. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. He also <laughs> seems like a better fighter too. Yeah, that too.
1: Uh, and then obviously we all know his MCU. Uh, films and movies. Yep. So we're not going to list all those.
0: Fair enough. Uh, that's It starts to get a lot. So, oh, novels and books. Oh, what?
1: Yeah, we get a little more random ones on Spider-Man.
0: Okay. So there were three books he was featured in in the 70s, published by Pocket Books, Mayhem in Manhattan, Crime Campaign, and Murder Moon. Some of the most random names ever. (laughs) Those sound like titles to books that you find at your aunt's house that you go to visit that just like have a weird cover that you're just like, what? Those those sound like murder books, books. not a Spider-Man book. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Okay. So in the 90s, uh, Byron, uh, Byron Praise published a series of novels based on Marvel Comics. Pocket star and imprint print of packed books would release a pair of books in the two thousands. So very sporadically throughout time of his existence and that he's gotten some books apparently.
1: Yep. And honestly, not a whole lot of them either, but he's, he's gotten a few.
0: Yeah. But just very spread out. Yeah. <laughs> that fills. So, okay. Motion comics. I oh, God, I always despise motion comics. <laughs> uh appears in spider woman motion comics okay yeah that was pretty much it oh. most of these are pretty short-lived that's why most people think me as a dyslexic i would love motion comics but i'm like no yeah no, <laughs> they throw me off so radio oh what? in 19 are yeah in 1995 are yeah yep 1995, BBC Radio would have a series commissioned that would be 50 episodes that ran from January 96 to March of 96. It's not a long one.
1: No. It was 50 episodes. It was a a short-lived... It it seemed like it probably wouldn't have
0: done good just because BBC is a British radio, so... Also, you know, just a radio show in the late 90s just... That was in the mid-90s. Or mid-90s. That just seems like the last dying breath of the radio industry. Which is still somehow chugging along. Really (laughs) is, it? I don't know how they've maintained. So, Spider-Man... Oh, yeah. Live performances. (laughs) He's got a
1: couple of them, actually.
0: Spider-Man Rocks was produced at Universal Studio Hollywood, loosely based on the O2 movie and comics. And now... The Broadway musical in 2011, Spider-Man, Turn Off the Dark. Anybody who wants to look it up, look it up. Just know there's a reason it doesn't exist anymore, and it's not because it was a bad show.
1: Oh, well, well, it, it was it just was, a different sense of the meaning.
0: Yeah, it was. Um, anybody look it up I am i don't want to go into detail on that because we didn't do enough research into that to get some numbers and I don't want to be making claims right now so uh then we also have Marvel Universe Live which a lot of characters seem to be popping up in what I mean that, that's starting to become like the the Lego Marvel <laughs> yeah of really. who wasn't in it <laughs> exactly so that's gonna be a fun one at some point to start doing okay so uh yeah not gonna lie uh, that's all we got on the character uh joker you a fan
1: definitely i've always enjoyed the the quips and the the jokes during the fighting it was always my favorite part about spider-man
0: honestly yeah i've he's he was my first comfort character he was really one of my first characters that like i've got had like toys and all kinds of stuff for so i'm a fan too for anyone that's still listening if you got something out of this enjoyed the episode Or even like the character before from a movie, comic, cartoon. Hell, even that t-shirt that you saw one time. You're a fan too. If you want to jump on this train, why not subscribe and share with a friend? Dick Rail out. Y'all keep riding them rails.